Help me, they're on my tail. Oh wait, it's just word plague. Hello and welcome to another edition of Word Plague, the show about words and verbal locomotion. Our word of the day is photocopy. So of course I will be interviewing Xerox of Photostat. He'll be on set with me once his stupid ship lands. I hope he doesn't crush me. The roof to this building was built to last by small elves. Regardless, Xerox should be an interesting guest. He may also be here to harvest our water and vegetation for his planet. Now, for those of you who are new to Word Plague, this show is about words, gaming with words, causing cataclysmic damage with words, obeying words, and pushing the envelope with words. There will also be games and segments which involve words. Photocopy is a noun. A photographic copy of printed or written material produced by a process involving the action of light on a specially prepared surface. Photocopy is also a verb to make a copy of. A photocopy of. Examples include, but are not limited to these. I photocopy my butt often. Another example, a photocopy of my butt is often found on most Xerox machines. Synonyms include mimeograph, Xerox, mimeo, facsimile, print, photostat, duplicate, stat, fax, copy, reproduction, Xerox, Xerox, copy, reprint, photostat, offprint, transcript, imprint, transcription, microfiche, ditto, repro, hard copy, telefax, telecopy, image, autotype, document, transmission, message, electronic message, duplication, dupe, carbon reprinting, reduplication, counterpart, photograph, carbon copy. I feel confused. Anyways, now here is our third person reporter with an update. Well, thanks me. What a wonderful day it is. The weather is perfect, the birds are singing, and there is a gigantic UFO off of our horizon. Today we introduce our new conqueror, Xerox of Photostat, who will be joining us here in a few minutes. Xerox is known to copy almost anything, and although he is known by his alias, the one without equal, he is not an only child. His sister, Copinia, his brothers, Mime, Mime, and Mime, as well as his other sibling, Imitate, are also out there in the galaxy. Perhaps one day we will see them grace our planet as well. Regardless, we will wait the precious moments we have left before Xerox invades. Back to you, me. Thank you. Today's show will feature Xerox, Xerox, Xerox. <clears throat> Excuse me. Today's show will feature Xerox of Photostat, and later I will introduce the language conversationalist Yui Epopea. While Xerox is here, I plan to play some of the cool word games I have in my handy dandy Word Plague Word document. The document contains neat information, such as 
the list of segments and games, dossiers on the various words of the day, and any information <clears throat> that I need to know. Hopefully this information does not fall into the wrong hands, or else... Now, if I'm not mistaken, I think I hear Xerox's ship landing. Xerox! Hello. We've been expecting you. We caught a glimpse of your UFO. Gullible! Incompetent! That is not my ship! Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, sorry. You mentioned you were arriving by ship. And I immediately thought of a ship as in a spaceship. Then I saw that UFO show up, and I thought it was you. My mistake. Do you even hear a teleport sound effect? No. Do you know that I arrived by conventional means and not intergalactic travel? Ah, I see. Of course, my mistake. Anyways, how are you doing? Xerox is doing well and conquering your planet and harvesting it for its resources. Uh-huh. To do what with? So that Xerox may Xerox 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 all the time. Ah, I see. Do you not have a show going on? Xerox does not wish to intervene. Do not let your imminent ruin be a cause for concern. Yes, well, you are right. My concern should be for the viewers. I mean that I should be concerned about what our next segments will be. Oh, speaking of bees... It's our friendly neighborhood bee, Neil. Ah, oh, yes, the bee. Hello, bee. Well, Neil, this is Xerox. Xerox, this is Neil. Bless you. No. Neil is a name here on Earth. Ah, I understand now. Any noise not above a roar is considered a sneeze on my planet. You are a dull flat yourself. Oh, well, really? I didn't know that. The bee is right to be confused. Why do you not research your guest? 
Do you even know that I was a conqueror? Now see here. Truth be told, I just aim high and message everyone I search for online. And if by chance they show up and don't ruin my show or my current planet, then all the better. No, actually that UFO is just here making a delivery. Yeah, I'll flag them down later. They really should not park there. And the permits are expensive, I hear. This is why I travel by boat. There is no room to park a spacecraft here. Yeah, may as well use a parking lot. Well, I, I mean one that's big enough. I decree that we move to the next segment. Right, of course. We should move on. May I read that document you're holding? Oh, this? Yes! Thank you, fool. Our next segment is Code Word. Yes, Code Word, the segment about spies and secrecy. Thanks, me. Codeware. The website, Cobb Technologies. The blog, for your eyes only. The synopsis. When the first user-friendly photocopier was released in 1959, consumers were ecstatic. The Xerox 914 could make one copy in less than seven seconds and was small enough to be tucked into the corner of an office. The Soviet Union was skeptical of the U.S. device. This was during the Cold War when tensions were high, and nuclear war was commonly discussed at the dinner table and in office break rooms. Because of the device's use, those on both sides of the Iron Curtain feared the use of photocopiers and espionage. Not only would the photocopier allow for the mass reproduction of intelligence, but also of previously censored literature, where it likely also find its way back to the masses. As a result, policymakers of the Soviet Union restricted the use of such devices. However, policies have changed since then. Restrictions have also gone back and forth on the devices of who is allowed to print what. The article also considers modern technologies such as social media and blogs and vlogs and frogs on logs to be the latest methods of getting around restrictions and censorship. I would like to also put in, point out that frogs on logs is not among the methods listed. This has been Third Person Reporter with Code Word. Back to you, me. Thank you. Thank you. Now we turn it to Yui Epopea. Hi, my name is Yui, but you can call me the Vowel Hunter. 
I'm out here today in the snowy Canadian wilderness, learning how to build a Quincy. For this to work, you'll need lots of snow. Thankfully, the studio sent me what little they could spare. A Quincy, spelled Q-U-I-N-Z-H-E-E, -E, is unquestionably different from another snowy beauty known as the igloo. Whereas igloos are made block by block of densely packed snow, a Quincy is shaped shoveling snow and packing it down then by hollowing it out. Quincy has a UI and a long E sound in it. That UI can be found in words like fruit and suit, but the UI can be also found in words like biscuit and building. Both keep the U silent. The first couple of words sound different and emphasize the U sound, and so you pronounce words like fruit and suit with a silent I. Now, think about biscuit and building. Both words don't technically silence the U. Both of them just place more emphasis on the I. So, instead of saying biscuit, you will say biscuit. Instead of saying building, building, not even a word, see? It's hilarious. Anyways, you'll say building, just because the U doesn't last that long in the word. The long E sound is pretty commonplace, but just so you learn something from this bizarre man, let me tell you about it. Long E makes met into meat, so instead of saying eh, you'll say E. Same as saying green instead of gran. And Sam, and Sim instead of Sam. <laughs> now, it can get pretty confusing for beginners, but remember that spelling is just letter placement, and letters are just the noises we make. We'll dive a little deeper into the study of all this noise that surrounds us when next we meet. Until then, have a good day. And thank you, Yui. Thank you, Australian man. Well, I guess that's our show. Did you want to decide on how to sum all of this up? Do you mean the word of the day? <laughs> Why, yes. A vital part of our show here is for the host or host to conclude with my or our feelings. I feel nothing for the word Photoshop. Well, my thoughts on the word of the day, Photoshop, come from a unique message that was left for me earlier this day. It reads, quote, I will now harvest your vegetation and water in the name of Xerox, Xerox, Xerox. Oh dear. Now you realize you are well, yes. However, do you not even notice me pull out my copy laser? We have sat across from each other this whole time. There wasn't even a table for me to hide the laser. You looked me in the eye as I waved the laser right in front of you. 
Is your eyesight that bad? Well, no. I simply was thinking about how to end this show, and what my last thoughts on the word of the day were. Are, are you that invested in your show's gimmick? Words are not even that big of a deal. That is where you're wrong. You may see words differently than I do. I see words and I think thoughts. Words have no meaning except the ones we give them. Words have power and can confuse those unfamiliar with them. We have languages that attach us to our common people. Words can be impactful and enrich life. Words define history. In my words, words have a... Sorry, I forgot the quote. <clears throat> In my words, quote, words have a significant output that can be affected by how we use them, which is our input, end quote. Words can exclude people, but their diverse nature compels the intellect to improve itself by learning how other people use words. I am confused. That was nonsense. Ah, yes, but two things. One, this segment is called Last Words. This is the part of the show where I end the show by summarizing my thoughts on the word of the day with a second person. I also combat them with last words. So, whoever gets the last word in, wins. And, is that the game? That's stupid. <laughs> well, secondly, I have your laser. I stole it while you zoned out during my monologue. Oh. Yes, also, I technically won last words, since it is the end of the show. Well, I'm at a loss for words after all of that. Actually, loss for words is another segment I would like to talk to you about. No, I'll be back with another laser to destroy you and take over your planet and your show. Mm. On the contrary, I only do one interview per word of the day. It helps to keep the flow of the show going. Then maybe, perhaps, you can schedule something for me later. I have your Word document, so I can just rework the rules if I have to. Now, far be it from me to put myself in jeopardy, as well as the safety of my planet. However, I do plan on going to my cousin's wedding party sometime in September, so perhaps I can pencil you in if you were to, say, give back my document to me. That sounds reasonable! Here. Thank you. I will to destroy you in September. I probably won't be here. Goodbye. Bye. And that's our show. I would like to thank you, the audience at home. Without you, I doubt life will be... Oh, uh, hang on.
Yeah, that whole laser gun thing made me forget this part. I need to get this stupid thing fixed. Forget the lower. So, the next word of the day will be monk. Now, as I was saying, without you, I doubt life will be that interesting. Now, remember, when life has you down, don't frown. You can always clown around. With that being said, the joke always looks best on you. Until next time, I'm still your host, Matt Dictionary Dangles, and I'll see you around.